So in this episode's by selection segment, I want to talk about a song by a bi, pan, or queer artist. So the song I want to talk about in this episode is Angels Like You by Miley Cyrus. So first off, the song, I mean, hits you in the feels. Um, it's a real ballad that I think goes along with a lot about this bi, pan, queer identity and can be attributed to bi erasure and bi phobia is that the sense of bi people feeling like they're the bad ones in the relationship. I feel like society tells us that we're wrong, so we tend to think that, oh, we're, you're ruining yourself by dating me, or I'm not good enough for you. And this song, I think, without intending to, kind of does play a- along with that role. So I kind of just wanted to delve into it and kind of. I don't know, intellectually interpret uh, a pop song by Miley Cyrus. So I think we all know Miley Cyrus identifies as pansexual, and this song is believed to be about a fling with Caitlin Carter. So after Miley Cyrus got divorced with Liam Hemsworth, she spent the summer in Europe traveling with uh, Caitlin Carter, and they had like a emotional um, sexual fling, I believe. So let's get into the song. And so in the first verse, what I think kind of resonated with me is the more that you give, the less that I need. Everyone says I look happy when it feels right. So again, sorry, I'm not a singer and I probably shouldn't just go through the lyrics as monotone as I do, but hope you're still listening. <laughs> um, so I think this resonates a lot with the bi pan queer people's. I think a lot of people who don't have this identity kind of tell you when something's right, even if you're not really into it. So people are like, oh, well, yeah, you're really just gay or you're really just straight. So like you look happy, so you should know, like it'll be good. And then it continues kind of like, oh, I'm just going to break your heart. I know that you're wrong for me. Going to wish we never met on the day I leave. So like there's some emotional attachment there. Um, She knows that she's going to hurt this person and that they're like in this troubled space, but they're still seeking attention um, from this person. So again, this is very specific to Miley's experiences. She just got divorced and I probably isn't emotionally ready um, to be in in a new relationship. But where I think you can also add this to this experience is when she says, baby, angels like you can't fly down here with me. So basically, she's like, you can't come to hell like I'm bad for everyone and you're too good for me. And so I believe Caitlin's also would be bi if the song is indeed about her as well. So, you know, it, it is kind of about other things too, but I just kind of had this perception sometimes like when I'm singing this song, I'm like, oh, I can resonate with that because of these feelings also in the chorus she says it's not your fault I ruin everything and it's not your fault I can't be what you need so here it's showing this kind of like emotional unavailability in the situation and I think oftentimes um, by people are so pressured to like make these decisions and we're told oftentimes that we're not quite good enough to be in these relationships or that we need to figure something out so we don't feel that we can like give a full attachment or be enough in a relationship. And I think this song kind of does play on a little bit of that or bi erasure, pan erasure is like contributing and biphobia, panphobia is contributing 
to the sense of like not being enough or kind of being the bad one in the relationship. So yeah, I mean, it's a great song. She clearly is discussing what she's going through and her situation, but this is kind of how I related to the song. And yeah, I hope you go listen. I think it's a great song and obviously Miley's a big star. So yeah, check it out. So in this episode, I want to discuss biphobia. I know most of you listeners probably know what biphobia is or have experienced it, unfortunately. But before I talk about my experiences, I just thought it would be helpful for those who might not know as much to go over a couple of things, and then I can talk about my experiences. Biphobia is similar to homophobia in that it's rooted in this general fear of homosexuality, general aspect of people being afraid of people who engage in same-sex intercourse or attractions. But biphobia is a bit more complex because in today's society, and this maybe might just be human behavior, but identities are formed with a me versus them mentality. So in the broader sense, gay versus straight. If you're not straight, then you're gay. And if you're not gay, then you're straight. However, within most of these groups of identities, individuals never really meet these binary standards. And these identities have kind of tried to simplify and create this binary. So oftentimes the identities are set up in this me versus them situation, which is binary. When someone steps out of this binary interpretation of identity, then it seems to scare people. For many reasons, this scares other people because they lose their foundation in how to interact with someone. They've built their identities in one way, and if you're telling them it doesn't have to be that way, I think people don't know how to act, or they get scared, or they just ask invasive questions, which can end up in reactions that are traumatic or the individual, or for the individual who hasn't met other person's expectations. So as a bi person, experiencing biphobia is someone who's afraid that there's this other identity that doesn't really match what they've been set up to think. So these reactions can be traumatic, but also the person who's not fitting this binary identity can grow up and develop internal phobias. And in this case, biphobia. For me, it was knowing that I was bi but too afraid to take on what that would mean and kept debating whether I was straight or gay, taking myself down when I didn't meet the expectations of straight culture and when I did have internalized homophobia. But when I got over the homophobia, fear of just having same-sex attraction, and then I tried to fit in with gay culture and I didn't really see myself fitting that either, so I felt like there was something wrong with me, and that was kind of the internalized biphobia. And it has been a journey to find myself because my identity is different from this societal binary, because the world we live in has set up strong examples for these two different identities and communities. And the fear of being left out and not fitting in um, compounded upon or fed into this biphobia. So feeling I was alone because my experiences were too different from straight people or gay people, I didn't really see 
any representation for someone who was like me. Another aspect of biphobia that plays a major role in negatively affecting the bi-pan community is erasure. Bi-erasure is when the bi or pan identity is ignored or considered as gay or straight. Again, playing on this binary identification system, I think... I will have a separate episode about this, but it will come up since this is a major contributor to biphobia and people not being able to discuss their experiences or seeing representation of an authentic experience of someone who has a non-monosexual identity and somewhere within this spectrum of human sexuality and human romantic attractions. So this is where biphobia gets tricky because it's difficult when your story is not being told, then you get this opposition from both sides. So you have homophobia where people are discriminating against you because you have same-sex attractions. They fundamentally don't care what you're feeling. But then on the other side, biphobia gets a bit more complex because, again, you're breaking down this binary view of human sexuality and I think some people have been molded to form their same-sex attraction identity. So it's completely against others who have attractions to a gender that is different from theirs. And I think this is tough because the identities that have been given a story in the larger society are fundamentally based on opposition to each other. So being someone that isn't fitting this situation where you're playing, I guess, to quote biphobic sayings, you're playing for multiple teams, it's complicated for people. So I think coming from a gay perspective, a biphobic comment would be, oh, you're really just straight. Um, You're not feminine enough. You're not meeting our radical opposition to this straight world that has oppressed us. You want to be part of this oppressive society, but you're just too scared, or you're just too scared to fight back, and you want all of the privileges that come with that, but you're you're really just gay. And that's kind of erasing the identity as a whole, because bisexuality, pansexuality, omnisexuality are separate sexualities away from this heterosexuality, homosexuality. And yes, in many cases, they incorporate both of those, but it's still a separate thing on its own. And I think coming from a homosexual or a heterosexual biphobic remark is something like, oh, you're just gay or you're greedy. You just want everything for yourself. And these sound so just like childish remarks, but adults still say stuff like this to me all the time. And I'm always so shocked to hear it. I think when it comes to biphobia, it's very tricky because, yeah, there are examples out there that show internalized homophobia, but I think if you sit down and talk to somebody who does identify as bisexual, pansexual, they've really worked through and done a lot of this internal work, at least from my experiences and talking to my friends. um, They really, you know, have sat through and really, really talked about it. But yeah, I'm not going to sit here and list all of like the awful things people can say or what everything that I've heard. I'll give some examples. Um, But really what I'm trying to do here is shed light on why biphobia does hurt. And I think we've 
have a lot of language now that shows if you're unable to live your authentic identity, then it's really bad on a person's mental health and their feeling of fitting in with a community also wears on their mental health if they don't feel as though they can fit in or if they're being ostracized because they're bi, even though they might move between communities or form their own community, bi people still need a place where they feel comfortable to be themselves. And so trying to get rid of biphobia is difficult, but I think one way is just being yourself and kind of demystifying a lot of these things that people think because their identities are so rooted in opposition of others. And I'm not saying every homosexual person has completely created their identity against straight people. I just, it's how it's being played out in the media in many of times. So again, this is more of an overarching societal view from my experience and not necessarily interactions with individuals. Because once when you come down to individuals, then that's very specific. And there are plenty of people who who really do want to just understand who I am. And they know that they might not fully know and they don't want to say anything wrong. And those those people are great. And I've met more of those people in my life. So yeah, I just want to talk about my experiences so maybe others can relate, don't feel as alone. But at the same time, I struggle with making this episode because I don't want to scare other people from coming out. I feel like when I was trying to come out, I heard a lot of experiences of people dealing with biphobia, and that really did scare me, and it still does scare me because I've experienced it myself. So it makes it hard to come out because I don't want to be completely ostracized by everyone, and I don't want to trigger any traumas associated with this that you may experience. But I think it's an important aspect of the bi identity in today's world because it is so frequent and still happens and it makes coming out very difficult, but also makes just finding a community can be difficult and acceptance from the people that you want to be around. So as I mentioned before, I think my first experience of biphobia came from when I was in seventh grade, I think. One of my friends said bi men are really just gay, and for some reason that really resonated with me, and it hurt when I heard that. So I must have known back then, and it still, scene still sticks out in my head. And this is really before I even understood, you know, what my sexuality was, but it helped add on this internalized biphobia that I had in myself. And yes, this statement is by erasure, but it's also biphobic in acknowledging that there isn't this in-between or this spectrum of human sexuality or even just individuals being themselves. So many of my friends, when I look back, probably had some internalized biphobia as well. I had friends in college that communicated to me that they were attracted to people of the same sex um, and the same gender, and they struggled with that idea, and I think that also continued to compound upon my internalized biphobia, and I think I had negative reactions to people who are like that because I was just jealous. And then I felt like I couldn't come out because all these people were kind of in the same boat as me. So it didn't register because they felt like they had to pick a side too. So then I was like, oh, I have to pick a side. And I think that oftentimes plays into biphobia. And I think many a times me questioning myself because other people question me. So like, what's my agenda? 
people are like, oh, you're just gay. Oh, you really just want to end up with a woman. Oh, you just really want to end up with a man. And then I, I play that narrative in my head. And it really hurts because, I mean, I don't play that narrative anymore. But as I was growing up, I did. And I felt like, again, I just was going to disappoint somebody no matter what. And I think that storyline is this biphobia that plays across what we see in TV and what we see on the news that somebody's always going to get hurt. And I think I may have mentioned this as well, but coming to terms with my sexuality early in college, late high school, I would search on the internet and I didn't use the term, I mean, I must have used the term bisexual often, but I would search for things like, would a woman date a guy if they had also been with another man before? And so this was like 2010, 2011, and biphobia was very much present on the internet at that time. I didn't find any examples that were positive stories of bi men. And I think this really hindered me coming out. And again, this biphobia is really ed- evident in that case. All I were, all I read were comments that was telling me I was just gay. A woman would never like me, even though I liked women. And this also contributed to the fact that many people were telling me I wasn't man enough, or I was too feminine, and I was just gay. So I really struggled with this widespread biphobia when I was trying to figure out my identity. So this really delayed me coming out uh, to other people. So eventually when I did, I received mostly great, and as I've talked about before and in the coming out episode, I received a lot of support, and I'm really, really lucky for that. But um, when I was feeling most confident, um, I moved to a different state and I lived with a couple of gay men and trying to, I think they just felt like I'd automatically be just like them. And when I was wanting to going to straight, I guess, quote, who I, it's so weird, but like to quote a straight bar. They were like, oh, are you really just straight now? And I think they were probably just disappointed I didn't want to hang out with them. But making a comment like that really hurt me because I felt like, again, I was letting somebody down and I'd always be letting somebody down. But I just wanted to go dance. And it's really just this one bar had the music that I really wanted to go dance to. And so when people are telling you or questioning your sexuality and erasing the fact that you're bi and you're kind of just want to be an individual and they want you to meet these societal expectations of what it's like to be straight or gay. Uh, That really hurts because they're not seeing you for you and they're telling you that you're doing it wrong. And if every you keep hearing people tell you you're doing something wrong, then it gets in your head. I think there are times too where they would say that they were doing something or the language that they would use was pretty binary. And I would open up and be like, I think you need to be a little more inclusive, like in that language. And they would tell me that I play oppression Olympics, like me trying to outdo what they've gone through. And I, that was never my intention. My attention really is just to be like, hey, I think you need to acknowledge this because there are people out there who are experiencing this and me being one of them. So if you could use language that was inclusive to me, then I would appreciate that. I think maybe I didn't communicate well, but the fact that I'm constantly having to question my interactions with people and their, te- 
they're questioning my motives is by phobia as well, because you're just trying to live your authentic identity while trying to fit in in general. So that makes it makes it difficult. So while I was there, I was in graduate school and I was really struggling with fitting in and I felt like I didn't belong with the people who really did like me. Um, I think some people just needed to learn more about issues around biphobia. And so the speaker came and he identified as bi and I, I asked a question. He was giving a lecture on being bi and being HIV positive. And so I raised my hand and I was like, I'm having a difficult time having discourse with people being bi or like finding a community. Like, do you struggle with that too? And he told me the story and I like immediately cried after it because it was so sad. But, and I forget his name. I haven't looked it up, so I apologize. But he said that he came out as bi and he was married to a woman and she said that she had no problem with it. But then she refused to like, physically touch him for years. And that was very scary to me as someone who has been out for maybe a year and a half and still navigating the dating world. And I was very scared. And that was really scary for someone to just not physically touch you, no longer love you just because you happen to be different. And I think that's what we're all trying to have our voices heard and acknowledges acknowledge individual experiences because every bi person has an individual experience but when you make general statements questioning who they are then that is a common thing that can be categorized as biphobia and so I think some other things that I encountered while navigating this identity is that a lot of bi guys are thought to be just closeted gay men or they have internalized homophobia and I think we hear a lot about this in songs or on dating apps when people don't want to be seen or they just say they're straight but still having sex with men and I think oftentimes those people become the face of bisexuality even though they don't represent everyone in the community well the they're not really looking for the community, but, you know, they still get this label as bisexual because they're having behavioral, behaviorally are bisexual. And so these people, yes, probably have internalized homophobia. But if you talk to your openly bisexual men and women, they really have taken a really long time to look at their identity and just kind of want to figure it out on their own even if it is a cycle of attraction the bi cycle they're comfortable with it they they know themselves and it takes time and you really do have to be someone who knows themselves to openly be bi because the bi phobia is just constant and you never really know when to expect it I, but I do want to say most people have been very accepting and really do understand like where I'm coming from. So that's been good. So I think when it also comes down to biphobia, so people telling me that I'm just homophobic, or I don't like my femininity, or I'm afraid I'm toxically masculine. Because I'm not willing to do some overtly feminine things or is difficult too, because oftentimes I think biphobia me as a cisgendered white man, if I'm trying to fit in with 
some straight cisgendered women, then oftentimes when I come out, I'm de-sexed. Like, I'm not viewed as somebody who's sexual and then treated very differently than, say, like a straight guy would. And I think that's biphobia, too, assuming that, like, I'm no longer a full human being in your eyes. And it's, like, this weird thing. Like, I'm not trying to pursue them, but I still want the same respect that would have been given to another man who's straight. And I think that does boil down to sexuality because sexuality is so intertwined with gender in the way we view it as a society at large, even though they are very different things. And I think I don't meet all of the classic constructs of masculinity I think that's difficult to deal with as well. So being told that I'm too masculine or too feminine is kind of biphobia too because you're just not acknowledging me as a person. And so someone can have aspects that overlap, but that doesn't mean that they're ashamed of themselves just because they have embraced this spectrum of gender and the spectrum of sexuality But it's tough on people because to be told that they don't fit, they feel that they're being mean in a way. Like, because I'm not fitting your expectations, I am in some way hurting you. But in reality, I'm just, I've taken the time to fully evaluate how I want to be perceived. And what you're asking isn't isn't how I want that to happen because navigating society is very difficult. People have a lot of opinions and how you're perceived does play a role in in your identity. So if I don't quite fit your mold, I don't fit your box, then telling me that I am wrong or I'm hurting a community because I'm not fitting their structure is biphobia. So that's what I wanted to share. Feel free to reach out if you want to share your thoughts. Yeah, those are, it's just a little bit of what I've experienced. I, again, don't remember it all, but it, it does happen and it's still happening. And I think just talking about people who are, but even today, so on Twitter, there's like a whole argument about bisexual women shouldn't cut their hair short because they're not like queer enough. That's biphobia. Because bi women can do whatever they want. They can express themselves however they want. And telling them that they have to meet certain rules or that they're not part of a community really hurts those individuals because then they're constantly questioning what they can and can't do. They're constantly questioning whether they'll fit in. Constantly being told they're wrong really hurts your mental health. So, yeah. In the next segment... Uh, the Bi Visibility segment, I'm talking about the brand new show, Generation, on HBO Max, and um, their representation of bi characters. So, yeah, stay tuned. On the Bi Visibility segment of this episode, I want to talk about Generation, which is a brand new HBO Max show that I just started watching yesterday, and I don't think the first season's over yet, but It's being released weekly, I think, or within, like, different chunks of episodes. 
so they're not just putting it all out once and you can't just like stream the whole season right away but this is a great show providing a lot of visibility around struggling with your identity finding identity and using uh, queer high school students as kind of this visual representation of finding your identity so there's a lot of great visibility but it does give me a lot of mixed emotions because a lot of the things that they cover are kind of triggering or um, just things that I could really relate with but being a queer person just being like oh I wish they did it this way but we'll get into it Um, I have a lot of emotions about it so I figured why not talk about it so Joe's uh, high schoolers um, so the actors are like 20 somethings so when you see them it for me it's great because they visually look like people that are the age of when I came out but the show is super relatable because it includes by people who have like a narrative but the show is out now so if you don't want to listen to the rest of this episode that's fair i understand um so there will be some spoilers but you can go watch it and come back and finish when you're you're done watching and hear my thoughts on it so there are two bi characters who are relatively main uh characters in the the different storylines going on in the show so there's nathan who is a white cisgender presenting male from a very conservative family with a twin sister just a a sister relatively close in age um, and has one older sister who's not in high school and Nathan's good friend Riley who ends up probably being more of a main character than Nathan um, as the show progresses and they're best friends which is really cool because um, she's you know kind of this rebellious artsy person and Nathan is just like closeted by guy at the start and it just felt really relatable having this guy and this girl be best friends while they're both simultaneously kind of breaking away from traditional gender norms but also you know playing into a lot of gender norms um I just felt that was relatable so I'm going to talk about Nathan first because as a bi guy who's white, cisgendered, his story was very relatable to me. Um, Honestly, kind of triggering in some ways, but I think it was, they're doing their best to um, humanize this by guy experience, and I think that there's a lot to talk about there. But Riley's absolutely amazing and cool, basically everything I wish I was so far, you know, Um, but we'll catch up with her after I talk about Nathan. So Nathan is at the start only out to Riley and um, they show that he's interested in Chester who seems to be like the main character and he's this out gay guy who's very rebellious and really pushing fashion boundaries, gender boundaries, and just contemplating life in general. Very intellectual but also seems very traumatized. So from the start I kind of had this issue with Nathan not because he looks exactly like someone I used to date but because he's hooking up with his sister's boyfriend, Jack. So Jack, first off, also by hooking up with two siblings, showing that he's cheating, and then showing Nathan as cheat cheating on his sister, not cheating on his sister, um, you know, like going behind his sister's back and hurting his sister. So his sister doesn't know at first, both the sister and Nathan. I, I should have looked up the sister's name. She's plays a pretty big role in this film or in this show as well so I apologize the actress I believe is 
Chloe East, but I forget um, her name. Sorry. They grow up in a pretty Christian conservative household, and so there's a lot of shame around homosexual feelings. But where I'm upset at first is that it's like, here's two bi guys representing, and it's in the context of cheating or hurting a girl. I feel like why do bi guys always have to hurt someone in a show? And I feel it's usually has to hurt someone who's... And this bothered me because while this show is following the difficulties of navigating identity and all of the characters go through things that are relatively questionable because they're just trying to, you know, figure life out and it is very complicated, but it was tough starting the show with a stereotype. It was frustrating because... I saw people talking about there being bi-representation, and I understand having bi, bad bisexual characters is necessary because, you know, not all people are great, but I just want a show where, you know, all those stereotypes are dispelled, and but still takes, like, an intellectual approach to this stuff, but whatever. Nathan eventually tells his sister, they get into this big fight, and then Nathan comes out at his oldest sister's wedding in front of the whole family and it was like pretty traumatic and he says that yeah I cheated on my sister cheated on I hooked up with my sister's boyfriend but I also think these girls are hot and the family just goes silent and he like jumps off a boat into water so the coming out was pretty traumatic but his sister forgives him because of that because he made a complete fool of himself this is where it gets real, is dealing with the biphobia from the parents and the gay parents of his friends and his eventual girlfriend, Ariana. So the mom is problem is like a problematic ally. She like is fishing for compliments from gay men and like flirting with them and but she's very homophobic. And then they discuss Nathan's sexuality and she says that he is making choices. And he will be happiest if it's with the woman, but doesn't directly say that, but kind of does. And so she's talking with um, the gay dads of Ariana, and one of them defends bisexuality by saying it can be confusing and that he's not just a cheater or someone who always wants a threesome. And he overhears that conversation and, you know, is rattled and frustrated and tells Ariana. And then Ar Ariana says that her parents just think that he's gay. So these two gay dads were like, every, did say like, not all bi people end up being gay, but all gay guys basically say they're bi and then just come out as gay. So, I mean, this was very disheartening because when you first see this gay couple defending bisexuality, I was like, oh yes, this is the visibility I need. I don't want like this perpetual stereotype that I will constantly be rejected by this gay community. So that was great, and I thought it was going to be this real conversation. But then it got kind of ruined when Ariana was like, yeah, my parents just think that you're just gay. So just relating to that, like, emotion that Nathan would be going through was kind of hard because it's happened to me so often before. And being so torn between these different worlds and especially at a young age, it just seems very difficult. So I think, I don't know, seeing Nathan struggle with pursuing his desires and navigating his emotions really does resonate with me and like the difficulty of being bi in today's world. 
There's so much shame associated with our feelings because other people don't understand. And watching the biphobia is kind of triggering because like this still really happens and it's so hard to navigate and it's not like you know there are other bi people who are going through it but it's not like the rest of the world kind of understands so this is kind of like a completely authentic full tv program that deals with this issue but it would be so nice to get a program like this that's able to deal with this in an intellectual way and in like a non-traumatic way in which this show does. So it goes through the trauma of like everyone in the show and all the different things that intersect with, you know, growing up in a queer identity. So I think they just want that visibility. So it humanizes this queer experience for those who, you know, might not be queer and need a better understanding of it. So this show still continues um, with the biphobia. So later Nathan shares a three-way kiss with in a game of truth or dare, and he kisses Chester, who's the gay man, and Ariana, who he's currently kind of hooking up with, I think. Afterwards, his sister is like, yeah, I think my brother's just stringing you along because my parents just want him to be with a girl, and he can't really explore outside of that without, like, being kind of rejected by the family. And Ariana's like, no, I'm stringing him along. And then the sister pulls out a video that they took of Chester, Ariana, and Nathan all kissing. And so this was in the last episode. And then Ariana is like, oh, I can't trust him. So it's just so kind of disheartening, but like a good story to tell so people can understand it. But like, again, this like adding this constant stereotype of like bi people can't be trusted, especially a young, like, supposed to be middle or, like, high school student who's just trying to figure out what they want, and everyone's doing these silly little dares. So a lot of stories stirred up a lot of emotion, so obviously I wanted to talk about it and see if other people, you know, have thoughts on this as well. So I felt seen, and I could really relate with these moments, but at times I'm like, when will this stuff end? Uh, it's tiring just to see biphobia on the screen but they're trying hopefully trying to deal with it in a way that humanizes the experience and makes it easier for people to empathize with you know what people are going through but when will it be easier for people when will we stop seeing people navigating sexualities in like this dramatic unethical way um but the show does do good like I said, in humanizing the character, but I'm not sure if non-bi people will be as empathetic to the situation. Like, I don't know whether they'll be like, well, he could have just done this, he could have just done that. And yeah, he could have, but this is, again, like a TV drama, so obviously it has to happen in a dramatic way. Okay, so to get to the other um, bi character, Nathan's best friend Riley is really cool and she doesn't really label her sexuality in the episodes she does describe it in a way like if it's hot then it's hot and I think that's really good representation I know we see oftentimes a lot of bi characters don't use the label and get kind of erased but I think it is pretty accurate for a lot of people who probably are bi don't want to label their sexuality because it's fluid because it's 
complicated. They kind of want to break away from this label world. And having like a bi or non-monosexual person without a label accurately depicts what's going on in the world today and how many people identify. So she is seen as having a budding friendship leading to romance with um, this woman, Greta, who is believed to be a, a gay woman. But uh, Riley is first seen hooking up with this guy and is very much in charge of the situation, playing a more dominant role. And then she said that she was kicked out of her school for making art of photos of men as they orgasm because she just says like sex is really about power and she's only ever had sex with men. But her overall character is her parents are separated and she seems like she's going through a tough, you know, emotional home life but is financially stable. She, even, she has this really cute budding tension with Greta, but when her and Greta start kissing and then Riley seems to move too fast for Greta, Greta kind of freaks out and kind of slut shames her, or which is, again, something that it's part of biphobia, especially I see for women, where they're um, told to be, again, more sexual, per, sexually promiscuous or like moving too fast, hypersexualized. Greta was going is also going through something really traumatic in her life, but it isn't fair to, you know, play upon these stereotypes of just because she hooks up a lot doesn't mean that like her feelings are any less valid. Um, she's also kind of in that culture and still trying to navigate, you know, an individual relationship like anyone else. So right here is another representation of how biphobic comments specifically towards women is being addressed and I think they handled this really well because or they didn't handle it well again it's frustrating to see but it's trying to like again like empathize this with these characters and sorry I'm so talking so much about this show but I just had a lot of feelings about it this was Riley's first time hooking up with a girl so it was obviously you know a new experience for her and it seems like her relationships in with men in the past have never been fully fulfilling, at least emotionally, because she did state like sex is more about power. But the way her feelings with Greta are developing, it seems more out of love, which was nice because it's just showing like how relationships with men and women uh, for someone who's bi can be very much different and are very much different, but that it's difficult to navigate because these worlds are very different. But you have to navigate these worlds as someone who's bi and it's kind of hard to know you know which way to go especially at a young age as someone in high school so again i think if you have this bi perspective of these characters it is telling a lot and people will be seen but it's just hard to know if people who aren't bi are gonna have the same insight or get the same value from that story if that makes sense so basically this show delves into the, the trauma of being queer and bi. And, and I like to see when a show has a positive bi storyline. I mean, these storylines are bi and are positive in many ways, but still seeing that kind of like emotional trauma on screen is, is hard to watch at a lot of points because the bi experience does seem kind of to be a plot point. You know, they leave you hanging on these or at the point where I'm at in episode seven, it's like they're hanging on to these bi stereotypes as like the cliffhangers. So that's a bit frustrating. Um, 
but I think they are trying to tell an authentic experience. And I do get frustrated um, because it does make me feel bad, kind of. It's like this emotional investment because I'm reliving a lot of the experience I've had. And then this kind of makes me afraid for what will happen in the future. So it would be nice if there was like a TV program I could go to that was like authentic, but also kind of lighthearted. But at the same time, I want other people to understand the struggle around these experiences. And I feel like I have probably hurt people in the past because I was exploring myself, but I never did it behind people's back or in like an unethical way. I would stop relationships or stop pursuing somebody because I was like, oh, I have these feelings and I really don't want to hurt somebody else. But I also have to, you know, do the things I want to do or figure it out in in a way that is ethical or in a nice way because it it can be done even though I don't see it on screen. I know you can have this experience and communicate and fully communicate. I think that's kind of the best way to go. But I think it's time to get a show where the whole cast is bi and then they can live out every bi person's fantasy because bisexuality is so intersectional and there's so many different storylines you could do with you know, uh, by men, by women, by non-binary folks, by people who are trans also. And it would just encompass so much representation because you could have people filling out what is perceived as a straight presenting relationship or seems to be a gay presenting relationship. And then you could have a polyamorous relationship. It would just be such a great TV program for everyone to find a little niche of representation Um, This show doesn't quite do that because it's addressing so many different identities already, and I think it's great, but I would live for a show where the whole cast was by. Not like the whole cast, but the whole like main cast. So yeah, I hope you guys go check out the show. It was really good, and if you have any thoughts, feel free to reach out. Love to chat about it. I think, again, I hope I covered everything I wanted to talk about in this show. It's obviously not over yet, so if I have any more thoughts, I can always talk about another episode, and I'll let you know. Thanks for listening this episode of By the Basics and hope you tune in to the next one. Okay, bye.